to say, yes, sir. And then the Bible goes on to say, eh, hey, if you are obedient, you are calling the Bible, Alabasha Kebredo Sokolo. Hey! Hallelujah! Ah, no, let's do this thing. Give me First Peter chapter 3. I feel the anointing to teach this thing. I am about to invite <laughs> this man you know when I back then in 2014 he gave me a prophetic word that came to be three years later he told me stuff about me that I never knew he introduced me to me have you ever met someone who introduces you to you this man <laughs> carries the anointing of the spirit the favor of God as he is speaking God is speaking to you God is changing your life I want us to be excited with open hearts open minds let us put our hands together as we welcome pastor Daniel Kaira I said shout hallelujah I'm going to give an opportunity to Minister Stephanie to do her song. Um, let her just bless her. I think she wrote a song which I listened to this morning and it was amazing. So I think it would be a great idea to. Hallelujah. Okay, so um, first of all, Thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. Um, I'm really humbled. I'm honored. Thank you for believing in my talent and for giving me this opportunity. It, I don't take it lightly. Um, I wrote this song uh, a few months ago, and God was just teaching me. I was trying to find a way to describe how good God is, how God is and he told me the Holy Spirit told me the moment you find the perfect word to describe me you limit me to that description and so I cannot be anything else but that and he told me I am indescribable you can use all the words to describe me but I will still remain indescribable and so the title of the song is indescribable God I hope you get blessed At your feet, our hands are falling. We bow before you, Lord, because you are the indescribable God. 
the earth, the planets, galaxies, and seas, and more. The indescribable God. So we lift our hands in worship. We lift our voice in praise. We lift our hands in worship. We lift our voice in praise. No words can describe you. Beginning and the end No words can describe you No words can describe you You are the healer, the deliverer Creator of the earth Indescribable God Indescribable God
I love you all so much. I love you. I need you to survive. It is his will that every need be supplied. You know that song? You are important to me. I need you to survive. One person out of your life is one extra grace out of your life. Yeah. There are people who stopped being believers, and ever since they left the church, something went missing. Think of the people that left us from the time we started. Other people may have come to replace them, but there was nothing like them. Have you ever tried to think about that? We have lost those people. Every time you decide city and of church, you're being stingy with your grace. Or every time you decide I will not be too involved, I met somebody who said, you know, I asked, I asked, I said, sister so-and-so, how was service in church? Because she was saved like two years ago. Ah, me, I don't like doing anything. I don't want people thinking like I'm too serious. Yeah, some of you are judging, but you're in the same WhatsApp group. There are people who believe as long as I'm not pushing the devil too much, then he won't be pushing back at me. Those are in a realm called self-induced deception. Because the devil doesn't care you are saved, you are not saved. The Bible says he's seeking whom to devour. He doesn't say the believer. As long as he... So, if you think of the people, that's why sometimes this whole, if you just stop, please stop. If that's why sometimes this whole hate speech and sermon about cutting people off your life, sometimes it's not the true gospel. Amen. There's a place we shouldn't push too much to preach it. Because one thing that Satan does is that he, he likes to take away divine connections in your life. The way that God is going to bless you is through people. Because it's a world of people. So the moment people begin walking out of your life, even for a bad reason, it's not like God will never work on them. So when you are ending relationships, be very careful. You never know who you need. It's a small world. Think of the people we kicked out of church, maybe because they did something really bad and they were very active. There's something we lost. There's something we lost. We will never have it. Because God creates human beings in such a special way that when that human being leaves, there will never be anyone like them ever in ages to come. That's God's holiness. The uniqueness of personality is an expression of God's holiness. Because God's holiness is diverse and it ever multiplies and increases. And to it there is no end. Every time somebody walks out of our lives, we should be careful how they walk out. Some people may even insult us. Just give them some time. Don't insult back. Don't pray dangerous prayers. You go to, to preach the gospel to an unbeliever. They tell you, what, what are these silly things? You get out. Then you say, tomorrow about this time. 
Come on, that's an unbeliever. There's a spirit working in him. It's an unbeliever for crying out loud. Why do you want to kill them? Isn't it that Jesus Christ came to save them? Just walk away quietly. You are not of that spirit. You are of the spirit of the Lord Jesus. Who when he was told, go fire on these people who have rejected you. He rebuked them and said, you don't know of what spirit you are. They wanted to compare him to Elijah. Elijah means Jehovah is God. That means he had to prove God at all costs. But Jesus, his name was saved, meaning he had to save people at all costs. Even at the expense of his own life. And we are after Jesus, not after Elijah. So you must know of what dispensation you are. To what spirit you belong. And the Bible says, when we understand the height, the depth, and the width of God's love, God's love, will be filled with the full Lord of God. You see, the Bible says this. The Bible says, when we have got faith as small as a mustard seed, we can command a mountain to move. Right? But then, if faith as small as a mustard seed can move a mountain, think about faith the side of a mango fruit or a watermelon. But then the Bible says, Faith, hope, and love abide, and the greatest is love. So if the greatest is love, and you have love as small as a mustard seed, imagine what you can do if it's the greatest. Say, I'm walking in love. Love is the boundary between life and death, because the Bible says we know that we have moved from death to life because we love our brethren. Just the disposition of your heart towards fellow believers can spell the presence or absence of life or death in you. You can be saved, but you are still walking deathly. There are spots. The Bible says it's coming for a bride without spot or wrinkle. So you find there are spots in an individual. There's something that makes them blameable. There's something Jesus Christ said, the, 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 the prince of this world cometh and he has nothing in me. He has nothing in me. Meaning when he comes to check, he finds there's no loophole for him to come into Jesus' life. But remember that person who offended you one year ago and the current one who has offended you just a few minutes ago. Because when they were dancing, they do. Beu. Let your heart walk in purity at all times. Purity towards men. Praise the Lord. See? So we need each other. Every person has got a very unique purpose. That's why we must pray for one another. I was thinking of it. Ever since some people walked out of my life for every good reason, I lost out. It's something I lost. And I knew I lost something. I'll be honest with you as your father. I knew I lost something. They, they did something very bad. And they were bad influences. And they walked out of my life. But they went away with something I would have used. There's a place for cutting relationships, of course. But be careful how you cut them. Are you listening to me? 
cut people out of your life. No, 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 no. You can seclude yourself sometimes. Doesn't mean you have to cut people off. So, we need one another. A purpose. Every human being has got a purpose towards you. And today, we'll be dealing with um, ever-increasing grace part two. Why you must increase in grace. I'll be explaining to you why you must increase in grace. Somebody lift your right hand and say, I'm increasing in grace. I'm increasing in grace. Come on, say it like you believe it. Say, I'm increasing in grace. I'm or if you are struggling because you want to feel it and you're African, say, I'm increasing in grace. I increase. Praise God. Hallelujah. But before that, I want to show you something. When you come to church like this, there are certain very important things that you must never put out of your sight. There are things we do because of culture but we don't have an understanding. The Bible says, when the true worshipers come, they shall worship the Father in what? And in? Spirit means you are in the air. You understand the thing. But truth means, I mean, you are, you are participating. But truth means you've got an understanding of what you're doing. Hi. It's good to see some people. So, truth means you understand the stuff that you're doing. You get my point, right? I said, Pastor, me, I've been coming. You've never said hi. I've said hi in my chest. So, why do we do the things that we do? I want to show you something very key. When someone was being called by God, in First Samuel chapter number 3, you find something interesting. The Bible says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel, listen to this, Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, and I'm using the NLT. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. The boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. The boy Samuel served the Lord by serving another man. So don't say when you are serving here, picking papers, arranging chairs, under Pastor Daniel, you are saving me. No. If that's your brain, you already have your reward. But your revelation must be higher. You should say, I am serving God. Because the boy Samuel served God. So when God was looking at what he was doing, in the mind of God, Samuel was serving him, not just Eli. Because there are two dimensions of service. So some of you who don't do anything, you've been coming here months, you are still, I don't know how special you feel your calling is. You are still waiting for this deep time when the Lord is going to speak so that you can know exactly what to do. <laughs> I still love you though. So start doing something. Start doing something. It's part of purpose. At the end of the service, pick papers, arrange chairs, find something to do. Get yourself in a department. You are serving God. So that's what the boy, and the Bible says the boy somewhere doesn't say the man. So those who just feel like maybe I, I, knew th I need this time when I grow up, then suddenly I'll be serious with spiritual things. <laughs> you are living in a lie. The Bible says today when you hear his word, do not harden your heart. Serving God is today. Why do you want to waste more years? Finish more years. Brothers and sisters, this is the time to serve the Lord yeah. with joy and gladness. Praise God. Yeah, don't wait to grow up. 
so that you have no strength to give us. You want to save the world with all your strength and your money. Then when you are broke, you see those people who when their bus goes, goes bad, then they put behind God knows. In God we trust. When everything is bad, then that. Why don't you start? Why don't you start now? Come on, somebody put your hand on your dear chest and look up and say, I'm starting now. Come on, do it one more time. Say, I'm starting now. Yeah. So one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now because he was an old man, uh, I mean, verse 2, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? This is how people respond when they don't know it's God who's talking to them. He got up and ran to Eli. Listen to this. Here I am. Daddy. Did you call me, sir? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again. Samuel, again. Samuel got up and went to Eli. Sir, here I am. Did you call me? Young man, I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, can you just go back and sleep? Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had not yet. Uh, g- give me that verse, verse 7. Oh boy, in the NKJV. Samuel, had, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. Okay. Now, Samuel did not yet know. He did not discern. He did not have an understanding. He, did not, he was serving God without knowing God. There are a lot of you, you've served God, but you've never known that you've served God. Keep doing the right thing. The Bible says some entertained angels unawares. Don't be mean. Be nice. Work deliberately on being nice. Sometimes you serve the Lord without knowing you've done it, but your reward is sure. Are you listening to me? Keep serving God. Keep being nice to people. Keep giving to the ministry. Keep praying for people. Are you listening to me? Don't just cut people off your life and stuff. But then the Bible says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord God, nor was the word of God of the Lord yet revealed to him. It's impossible to respond to God even in the presence of the knowledge of God when you have no revelation of his word. You need revelation. You need to go. Some people, some people are so focused on the scriptures that they miss the word and they've therefore missed the revelation. What becomes functional for us? We, these are very fundamental teachings if you want a practical application of the word of God. If you want a practical application, a non-boring relationship with the word of God. There's got to be more than the scriptures you see or the words that you hear. You have to learn to pull out the revelation, the hidden thing behind the word. We talk about the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. But do you know that there are some words which were recorded and Satan spoke them, so they are not for you. In the word of God, the Bible. And there are certain words which were written to a specific people which you can't apply. Your relationship with the word of God has to be a skill. You have to be skilled. So when we tell you, come for discipleship classes, you feel like it's for children. That's why memory verses, you stopped because it's for children. 
you are a doubt of God. When God is looking at you, you think he caused you my doubts. You, know, you became a doubt of God. When last did you think about it? Ah, I can't believe I didn't know this memory verse. You are busy. Woman color busy. I love that song which that man sang. Nalepinga we know tatanga mwampela drinki. Nkamibombela, shifwe nkamibombela. How many know that song? It's not a song for singing, but I just heard it somewhere. Elo bakupa, namma bize yatampa. Elo bakupa. But I don't know why he was asking for those things anyway. Nalepinga we know tatanga mwampela shawama. So, the word of God has to move from just being, it will bore you if you don't understand the place of the revelation of the word of God to you, to your spirit, it will begin to bore you. And you'll be wondering why do they get excited? You can be in the place where the word of God is being preached, but if you've never learned to open up your spirit to receive the revelation, you will be dozing off. It had not yet been revealed. So, because he had not yet had a revelation of the word of God, when the word of God came, he thought it was just his master. I can be speaking like this, you just think it's Pastor Dad. Ah, he's funny. Ah, that guy is deep. That's all that's going on in your mind. You are not seeing God. All you are seeing is a young man who's very gifted. Ah, you are lost. Stop focusing on the man. Listen to the words. When you come here, only Jesus is a superstar. Not any of these people who are ministering amazing things. Are you listening to me? Yes, oh, by the way, if you want to express your arts and stuff like that, you are in the right church. Yes. You are in the right church. Amen. Something interesting. When Eli finally tells him, he, he perceived it was the Lord. You know, you can grow to a place where you have not had a revelation, but because you are mature in the spirit, you can look at a person's life and perceive God at work in them. When you reach that place, you will stop fighting people anyhow. You will stop just talking. You can see this is God working. This is God. You will behave yourself before you open that blessed mouth to talk about people. You will think, hmm... Look, just because you have issues with what somebody did may not necessarily mean God has issues with them. I'm telling you. This is why God doesn't come to talk to you. Ah, should I bless her? This is why you'll be, you'll be amazed. You'll be wondering why is that person being lifted when they did that, they're just going higher. It's God. To their master, they will stand or fall. Not you, sir. Are you learning? Yes. 
can be speaking like this in a place like this? Here's something interesting. God doesn't force revelation on you. You have to learn to receive the words which is being spoken as the words of God. Can you imagine every time God would say, Samuel, someone would rise up in the presence of God, walk to the door. God never said, it's not Eli, young boy, it's me. If you don't learn, if you are never taught to respond to the word of God, God won't force it on you. I'm telling you, if that boy was not taught, God would have just lifted off for another time. Because God said, my spirit will never fight and or struggle with the spirit of man. Somebody say, I'm catching it. I'm catching Come on, say, I'm catching it. I'm when the word of God is being spoken, it's, it's like a seed. It's sensitive. You've learned something amazing that has blessed you. You stand up and shout, hallelujah. You are responding to the word of God. One man of God says, um, faith is a response of the human spirit to the word of God. Why are you so stiff in church? Just like that, sometimes you can be missing things. I'm not saying, oh, no, be all over the show. All I'm saying is you, you, you take down notes. You take down notes. You hear the word hallelujah. To you, it will mean a word that means something else. I will teach on the Rema word one time. So in a place like this, things are being released. The word of God is, is mighty. It's not just anything that you hear. At the back, are you hearing me? So don't miss the word of God because you are thinking it's religious. Don't. You stand up, you, sh you lift your hand, you run to the front, you saw. You are responding to the word of God. Those are things you do. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I said hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We are not an uncultured people. You respond to the word of God. Now, Listen to this. When we start exalting and seeing, somebody say, I'm hearing you, Pastor. I'm hearing you, Pastor. When we start exalting and seeing purpose as serious and as priority as it must be, we come to a place where we realize that everything that God does for us is not an end, but a means to an end. So when we begin, don't worry, don't, don't have to write this down, just listen, because I'm taking you somewhere. When we get to a place where we begin to study purpose, we get to a level where we begin realizing that many things that God does for us are not an end, but they are a means to an end. I'll say that one now once again. Because I want you to settle down and, and just loosen up, okay? Because these are not very difficult things. It's not like the way of the spirit and the way of the flesh and stuff. Okay? So when we begin studying purpose for what it is in our lives, we get to a place where we realize that many things that God does for us are not an end, but they are a means to an end. What is purpose? This is a powerful definition of purpose. I'm going to give you this definition. Are you ready? Yes, okay. 
is a number. And you see like this, you're not writing. How can you hear these things and you're not writing down? You should be writing down. Because even if you are deep, you will forget. So I strongly encourage you to be coming with a pen and a paper. There are some things you, you take note of. Praise God. So purpose is a sum total of assignments properly done at the end of one's life. That's purpose. So, a sum total of assignments done at the end of one's life. This is my definition of purpose, by the way. Don't ask me, where did you get it from my spirit? Well, so, how many assignments have you done in your life? At the end, at the end of your race, all those things put together will form purpose. So, purpose is not one thing you do. The question of purpose normally confuses people because people are thinking, am I walking in purpose? One time, a woman who was driving a big, nice car walked in the house crying, I don't know my purpose. I was like, give me the car. <laughs> and I didn't do that. I was just like, she was at about 40. She, was, she had a good job. She was serving. And she was wondering what my purpose is when you, are, when you have all those things. And, and, and this question plagues people's minds. And some people, Satan uses that opportunity where they're trying to find out purpose to make them feel purposeless or to make them feel like God doesn't speak to you, therefore you'll never discover purpose, so you are just existing, you're wasting your life. Sometimes when the question, what is my purpose, is not properly asked, it opens a doorway to Satan to make people feel like they're not doing anything. I'm still trying to understand this, this vision, but there were, there were stages of the anointing and different kinds of calling, but they all were made of the same material, okay? It's, I know, but they were all made of the same material. And he was showing me how he himself caused people to a certain position of ministry, although, Holy Spirit, help me. So although it's made of the same material, he was showing me how the position in which he places an individual is very special and they must not move or promote themselves or go to another position until the Lord moves them. So I, I noticed one, one guy who was not comfortable with where he was. God had not told him yet to move. So he moved to something higher. But when he moved to something higher, he was vulnerable to the arrows of the enemy. And he was stricken in the back and he fell off. So uh, this is not meant to scare you or anything, but just to tell you that do not be too quick to think, oh now, where is the Lord taking me? The most important thing in your life is to be aware of the leading of, you, of the Spirit. The Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the children of God. Especially those in ministry. Because your friend is being called an apostle, you, you've never heard anything. <laughs> what if you are just a brother? What's wrong with that? The Bible says Stephen was a deacon. He was the one who used to run around clean. But he worked miracles. Why? Because he was submitted to the Spirit of God. Are you listening to me? 
you can call yourself whatever title you want to call yourself. But we check in heaven in the books of the title that you called yourself. You are not even among the brethren. <laughs> so be very careful with callings. Just submit to the leading of the spirit. Are you listening to me? If you come in a church like this and you constantly feel like decorating, start decorating. Don't ask, is my calling to? No, just go and start helping. If you feel like singing, just come and sing. There was one time I never knew what God told me to be. Just when we were in Wem, if you check my, 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 my sermons, I used to name them Brother Daniel, and they were fine. I didn't have a problem. You know how Apostle Fred has been his calling has always been too clear. You are checking, ah, this time prophet. This time, you are wondering. Never had anything. I decided I will never put myself under pressure. Don't put yourself under pressure. I learned the secret of where would I be without the Holy Spirit? The Bible says he will guide you into all truths. He has shown me I've been very successful just depending on the Holy Spirit. What he tells me to do, he tells me. At the end of the day, it was just clear. Some of you will never hear anything from God about who you are. That's fine. Oh, you want God to tell you you're a footballer? <laughs> Focus on the leading of the spirit on your life. That's one of the most important. Get that book, Decoding Destiny. Read it. It will help you. It will help you. You see, the way you are walking in life, everything God is telling you to do, go and evangelize. At this point, now sleep. At this point, pick up the guitar and start playing. At this point, go for a cell meeting. At this point, focus on school. Every assignment you are doing is culminating into purpose. As you walk through life, every assignment. An assignment could be pray for someone. That's an assignment. At the end of the day, your works will reflect as purpose. Just keep doing it. If for you, what the Holy Spirit tells you always is give. Anything else he hasn't spoken to you about, except give, give. Just keep giving. Don't stop. Why do you have that passion? The Bible says we have got the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of God. But if you have no feelings about what to do with for God, then there we have a problem. There, that's when we have the problem. Are you listening to me? Yes, Now, the way God arranged your life in Christ Jesus, okay, first let me not get there. The way God arranged each life, and this is very important, God arranged each life before it came into being. Give me Jeremiah, give me the book of Jeremiah chapter 1. Purpose. Beautiful. Give me Jeremiah chapter number 1, verse, I think I gave you the scriptures. So I told you exactly where to start from. Now, Every person that God created, I'm going to prove it to you. Look at me. One way in which you know which scriptures to rely on is consistency. Even when we are forming a doctrine of practice, a life of instruction, we look at the consistency of the scriptures and what the scriptures consistently emphasize and re-emphasize we form a practice out of. The Bible says, at the mouth of two or three witnesses, a truth is established. So when you read certain things consistently expressed in the scriptures, you have to form 
practice out of them and you are safe doing so. Let me give you an example. Constantly in the Bible, we find God teaching people or God releasing power to heal the sick, right? Hello, are you there? Listen to me. These are very important things you never forget. God is constantly healing people. People are healed constantly. Said the following signs shall follow they that believe in my name, they shall cast out devils. Number one. Okay? So these are signs for them that believe. They shall cast out devils, right? So we see consistently in the scripture that devils have been cast out. Jesus Christ himself cast out a number. Paul cast out a number. You know, you, you, you see that happening. Okay? So that means we can form a practice out of. And then the Bible says, they shall speak with other tongues. We constantly see that in the scriptures, right? So that means we can form a practice out of. Then it says, they shall pick deadly snakes and they shall do them no harm. Okay? You see it once when Paul was bitten by a deadly snake and he shook it off. He didn't go about picking snakes. <laughs> so let's not start a picking snake picking competition. Hello, children of God. I'm going to show you the power in the Bible. What the Bible did not place emphasis on, do not place emphasis on. Are you listening to me, ministers? So you ensure that you don't start teaching today I'm on a series of picking snakes and dropping them. Then you read one scripture. Certain things you don't form doctrine out of. Don't form doctrine out of. Why do you always want to pray for water so that you can heal the sick? The Bible says they shall lay hands on the sick. When that water is done, someone will think, oh, my healing is gone. So let me correct that. Don't form a habit of praying for water. Teach people the word of God. The power is in the word. And the mindset is given to us by what we teach them. Sometimes you do one thing. The Holy Spirit will tell you to do one thing once off. You can imagine Jesus Christ took saliva and formed clay out of it. The guy was blind. He was not seeing at the time. And he took him to the pool. So I'm sure he was thinking it's the water. for him to form clay. I'm, I'm just telling you what happened. And what do you see? It was your body from, from Flight Camp Media. Oh, I see, I can see. I can see. What are you saying? Ah, people like Chris. <laughs> Jesus Christ again prayed for him. But we see that only. Let's now start spitting saliva and praying for people. Oh, come on, talk to me. This is very important. Once it happened that a snake was picked, that everybody who looked at it could get healed. I'm sure it had to be destroyed immediately because the Israelites would have made a worship of a snake.
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But then when things are cons- and those are very independent and spontaneous works of the Holy Spirit. One time I was praying for a, wo- a, a lady who had a shoulder pain. And the Holy Spirit told me to hit her on the place where it was burning. And you see, these are things I don't share with the young ministers because you see, ah. <laughs> the heating anointing. Yeah, you see now a, a flyer. There's going to be a healing meeting. <laughs> I resisted it. I was like, mm, I kept praying. No, he, but she talked like this. I said, <laughs> I said, check. She checked. Ah, there's no pain. It's gone. It's gone. And she was healed. I kept it quiet. I, 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 I've ne- I shared that recently. I've not been sharing it from... Dawn was actually there, but she was inside. From 20... I think 14 when it happened. Wow. But then there are certain things that when we read consistently in the scripture, they are appearing, we should form practice out of. That's why there are certain... The books that are not added in the Bible, we must not fight so much to read them. There's a reason why. Young ministers, act down with you. I'm also, but in this church, I'm the old minister, so. <laughs> Many of you are young, so allow me to address you. I don't mean any disrespect. But you have to be very careful. Now, There are certain things we constantly find in the scriptures and those we make a practice of. I want you to look at Jeremiah chapter number one, verse five. God says, before I formed you in the womb, God is the one who's responsible for formation. That process is godly. Someone is asking, oh, oh, then why do people misform? The world is frustrated. Listen to this. Listen to this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. That's what sanctification means. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. I ordained you. Your ordination happened before you were born. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Next. Okay. Then said I, that's Jeremiah now. Then said I, oh, Lord, God, like God is blind. Behold, I cannot speak for I'm a youth. So Jeremiah is having an issue here. Jeremiah is having an issue. Look at me, everybody. Jeremiah is having an issue. God comes to him and he starts introducing him to himself. He starts telling me, some of you have never had an introductory session with the Lord. Today you are having one. Just focus on me. Right now as I'm talking to you, we are having an introductory session with the Lord. He says, I knew you before you were born. And your youth is inconsequential to my plan for your life. 
your sickness, your being broke, your lack of education is inconsequential. The definition of the world right now, the statistics under which you fall are inconsequential to what I knew before you were even born. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. The family in which you were born is inconsequential to the calling I had. He says, I knew you before, before, before I formed you in your mother's womb. That means whilst your mother was still a virgin walking around, while she had known no man, God still knew you. God knew you. You were existent in the mind of God. So your age, your inability is inconsequential to your calling. What the world is putting on you. Jeremiah is having an issue. He says, I am young. I'm the one who created you, so don't call yourself young. The one who is calling you is older than all that you ever face. Our sufficiency is not of ourselves. Our sufficiency, the Bible teaches, is of God. And that is the heart of the New Testament. That our sufficiency is not of our own. But our sufficiency, that's the boldness we have in the New Testament. That our ability is not ours. Our power, our capacity. If God was choosing people who had started churches before to run the household of faith church, would, would, would this church have been here? Look at all of you. But I just said, eh, so we are starting a church. The Lord has shown me. <laughs> Look at the boldness. On all I had was a 20 quarter and a vision. Look, some of you will run big things. You don't have to qualify. God qualifies those he calls. That is the heart of the New Testament. It's about grace. That force within you that's on the inside. That power, Keba Santa Labasha. That ability, that grace, that dunamis power. That is working on the inside of you. Pulling all those things that God had created before you. Look, your purpose is bigger than your arrival. It's bigger than you. It pre-exists you. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. The thing pre-existed you. You were born into purpose. You are born into the thing. It was already there before you showed up. No wonder Jesus Christ would, would, would just say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he quoted everything that was written. Why? Because he was just walking into it. You are about to start walking into such purpose and power. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Look at that. Next. But the Lord said to me, do not say in English, shut up. <laughs> Somebody say shut up. Some people just say the wrong things in the presence of God. Keep quiet. One man's mouth was shut up on his behalf. Ask Zacharias. The Bible says, be still. If you don't have what to, what to say, there's a scripture for you. Be still and know that God is God. Hallelujah. There are some things I've seen in the realm of the spirit. They are bigger than me. But look, I was just minding my own business and God birth me into this world for that purpose. 
He will, the Bible says, he will perfect that which concerns you. Oh, brothers and sisters, if only we would learn to stop looking at the families who are born in, how we are not liked, how everything is against you, how you are not done with this and that, and look at the God who called you. Do not shift your focus. I tell you, a time will come when this church, not everyone will have to, the way people get offended, let's give money for this project. They've just not realized the purpose and the things that God has put on them. It, it, may, it will just take one person, two, three, and the whole church building is done. Millions of quarters, I'm telling you. Millions of quarters. We don't have to struggle. We can pump your quarter, we can pump your quarter. That's you, shout hallelujah. thinking I'll just contribute. Think, what if I built the whole thing? I'm telling you, money is in the hands of wrong people, for example. And many of you, your families are just waiting for you to manifest. That demon of people falling pregnant before they get married or going TAA when they reach a certain age is just waiting for you to say, ah! Shut up. You tell everyone, relax, I'm here now. The Bible says it is written of me in the volume of the books. Here I come. Here's, this is very consistent. He says, shut up. <laughs> Do not say I'm young. You shall still go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command, you shall speak. Instructions. Go on. Look at what God did. Oh boy. He says, do not be afraid of their faces. For I am with you to deliver you, saith the Lord. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next. This is the most powerful thing. This is the most powerful thing that the Lord would ever do to a man who's afraid. Hey. This is the most powerful thing that the Lord would do to someone who is afraid. The Lord stretched forth his hands. He touched his mouth and said, Behold. He didn't say, I've put a bazooka in your hands. This man was afraid. Look, listen, the cure for fear is in the mouth. This man is afraid. Afraid of exams. Afraid of the next phase of his life. Afraid of how many people are doing way better than him. He's afraid of how competitive the market is. He's he wants to start a business, but everybody is doing it and you are afraid. God is stretching your, his hand today and putting his word in your mouth. Amen. That word, that word, the Bible says, it doesn't fail. Whatever God sends it to do. Listen, you are afraid there are people who don't like you. They don't respect you because you are young. They don't care what you have studied. They think you can amount to nothing. God sends you to them. You have no qualifications. You are young. And guess what? God says, okay, give me a weapon to use. Guess what God does? He gives you a word. See? What is in the wisdom of God? He says the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. So if you think a paper is what is going to save you, God says, I'm putting the word in, in your mouth. God is releasing a word in your mouth today. Amen. Yeah. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema. 
which proceeds, meaning it's coming out consistently. It's that word. God said, let there be light and light was. That word is what cuts. Don't keep quiet. Don't keep quiet. Keep talking. Keep talking. Keep, don't stop. Even when you're, you're feeling discouraged, don't stop. Stand up and start talking in the name of Jesus. I'm the head and not the tail. This thing has worked. I take authority. And you know, you begin praying in the spirit. See, there's a word that's building in your spirit. It's welling up. It's for, it, the Rema word is coming. And as you are praying in the spirit, scriptures are coming. Something is cooking. The devil got no idea what's about to hit his back. By the thing that word, by the time that word is coming out of your mouth, my goodness. Hey! Somebody say, My goodness. My goodness. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, this is what's at the heart of God. He says, Our boots. Huh? And he told him further on. You will build kingdoms and crush them. Jeremiah, because of the word that God placed in his mouth, kingdoms of distractions are falling because of the word that God is putting in your mouth. There are some people here, they just, their mind is their issue. And I saw that in a vision. Their mind is their issue. They would want to do something great, but their mind, they just get discouraged fast. Or they keep remembering what the bad thing they did, so they feel unworthy. But when you begin speaking the word that God is placing in your mouth today, something is going to fall off. I'm telling you, don't keep quiet. The silencing of the believer is a killing of his destiny. Don't keep quiet. Don't keep quiet. Look, this is what we need to teach people. Don't teach people to just drink water or use, get anointing or all those things may have a place. But teach people the word of God. The thing is in your heart and in your mouth. Are you listening to me? It's in your heart and in your mouth. You see, you don't pray in the spirit, oh, I feel sorry for you. You need to. You need to start. You are missing out on a lot. Paul said, I thank God because I pray in tongues more than all of you combined. He was telling the entire church, including their pastor. That means there's something he discovered about tongues. If someone can write a letter to us and say, the whole church, including your pastor, I speak in tongues more than all of you combined. It means there's something. He wasn't just crazy. He discovered something. It means the guy would be washing Hello sir, how are you? Are you talking to yourself? Yes sir. The guy would be walking like this. Somebody, somebody noticed I was, I, was, I was stretching myself. I said, They look at me and say, what? I said, oh forgive me. You know, it's just who I am. I went to a mall one time and there was a huge guard. We were trying to get something, and I was really tired from preaching and stuff. Then I didn't know we were so close. I was just, I don't know what I was thinking. Then I was, I was stretching myself, and I go, and I said, I'm sorry. He says, that was good. I said, really? I can do that again? 
he nearly went, no, 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 not now, not now, but it is well with, you know. Yeah. Don't say, my own, you caparezo, don't suck about. You hear this, this, this side where you employed someone to work at your air, your money, there's been no customer today. Where have you been taking the money? You say, mm, are you sure? Okay. Hey! That's how it works. That's how, before you say the wrong thing, you'll be amazed by the time you are done, there's peace in your spirit. And there's faith welling up. Because the Bible says, he who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men, but speaks to God. And he charges himself up. Then it says, beloveds, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Imagine God told you there's a most holy faith. How? By speaking in tongues. Then you start saying, no, tongues are fake. Who's fake between you and the word of God? Ma. I won't fill in the blanks. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Give me the next scripture I gave you. I want us to look at something very interesting. Isaiah chapter 13 verse 5. Is it? Give me verse 6. Is it the scripture you're giving me? Verse 7. Give me First Kings chapter 13. Okay. So, as we are looking at Second Kings chapter 13, I want you to look at, notice something. Before Jesus Christ was born, in the book of Luke chapter number 1, there was an angel who came and gave very specific instructions about Jesus. He says, this, look, Mary the Bible says, I'm sure this one you will not be spooked. Oh, pastor is talking about a virgin. This one, at least the Bible tells us. The Bible says she was, there was a, a young virgin betrothed to Joseph, right? She had known no man. Yet God comes to her and starts telling her, you shall have a child. And you are going to name this child Jesus. Even name, the name is coming out. Then he says, for he shall be a deliverer and he shall save people from their sin. He is not yet born, but God knows him. He is not even formed in the mother's womb. The mother has just been given a message first. Are you seeing how consistent the scripture is? Very consistent. He goes to, 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 he goes to Abraham. Let's go back. There's, there's a reason why I'm, I'm trying to show you the consistencies of the scripture. He goes to Abraham and Sarah and tells them, I know you are old, but about this time next year you will have a child. Then Sarah laughed. He says, no, you will have a child. In fact, you name the child laughter because you've laughed. God already had Isaac in mind before he was even formed in the impossible mother 
mother's womb because she was old. You can imagine, God is not, is not saying, Apa, kaya, vingachitike, zvingachitike. But, no, 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 no. He knows the thing is going to happen. So he starts talking to them. He says, I am going to have a child. The name will be Isaac. God knew Isaac and he had a purpose for him even before the guy was formed in the mother's womb. Before he was formed. Meaning whilst she was still not yet ever able to even have children, God knew. You are listening to that? Okay, think about John. I'm going somewhere with this. At the same time, the angel goes to an old man named Zechariah and tells him, you have a child. His name will be John. This will be his purpose. None of you is ever born without a purpose. Listen to me. None of you is ever born without a purpose. It's not possible in God's mind to cause you to be born without a purpose. No. It's not possible. If you ever... Even if you were born outside wedlock, you are here. It doesn't mean you are an accident. In someone's mind, you are an accident. But God already had your spirit in mind. Your spirit may have come beforehand. Your flesh, your body may have come in an, in an unconventional way. But because there's a spirit in man, there's a person in you. You are still a plan in God's mind. None of it is an accident. In human terms, you may be an accident. I'm not saying, oh, now people should not go, just go and start doing accidents. <laughs> no! Are, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you listening to what I'm saying? What I'm saying is, it's wrong. You will pay. But what I am saying is, that person who is born I'm not talking about the parents. I'm talking about that person who is born. God still had their spirit in mind. Because there's no person who's ever born that God himself does not account for. Listen, this is why the Bible says, whoever gives to the poor lends to the Lord. The poor may not be your relative, but why are you lending to God? It's because it's God's responsibility to take care of every person he allowed to be born on this earth. That's what the Bible teaches. So God is responsible for every person who's walking on this face of the earth. But we are the expression of his responsibility. We are the extension of his hand. What are you doing about people? Are you listening to me, church? Yes, Hoff, are you listening to me? Yes, the Bible also tells about a man in the book of Judges called Samuel. Samson, rather even though he was a very strange man to understand. Samson was a very strange man. It was written that you should not marry, you should not marry a foreigner. Samson had a crush on a foreigner. He couldn't even get over her. I'm sure he was even lovesick. To the ex he would have just secretly married her, but he went to tell, and he had no story. I'll tell you why. Two people I don't understand in the Bible. <laughs> Isaac. The, the father said, ah, can you get a wife for this man? Eh? Make sure you get there, not anywhere else. Why didn't he go himself? The father knew at ah, no, we know, we know. Story of a guy, 
Here is a guy, Samson, as anointed as he is. You see, the fact that you are anointed does not mean you can have game. That's why anointed people are the ones who go to, to, to ravage these innocent girls with a, that saith the Lord. No, that saith the Lord. Uh, you shall be my wife. Mrs. Mupemo shall be thy name. Fresh of my fresh. <laughs> no game. Dear son, if you are lacking in game, come see me secretly. I may preach about you in church, but at least you would have been helped. I have to receive my payment for giving you game. Hallelujah. So this is Samson. Some sons are feeling encouraged. The pastor has us on his chest. That's a very strange man. He even goes to tell his mother and father, can you get me that girl? That's what the Bible says. He told them, get me that girl. First, they were shocked. They refused. They insisted. They even duped him of that girl. But the Bible tells us that the reason why Samson did what he did was because the Spirit of God was looking for an opportunity to beat the Philistines. Because he knew when they touched that girl, Samson was so, would be so upset and he would punish them with his strength. Because if Samson was not provoked, he was just going to sit with his muscles doing nothing. When God created, when God created him to beat people, him, he just wants to sit. Be very careful how you judge people. Someone may have been created to beat people. You're wondering why they're beating you. <laughs> then you're just condemning. Samson was a difficult man to understand because of the way the Spirit of God was working with him. The man slept with a prostitute. Immediately the anointing came on him. I'm telling you, at night, he lifted the gates. I told you that story, right? Yeah, it was happening after he slept with a prostitute. You, the day you will do it. <laughs> from the father's <laughs> he was a very interesting man yet before he was ever born and it was impossible because the two were old and they could not have a child an angel appeared to Manoah's wife and said you are going to have a child a razor should never come on his head and he should, never, he should not drink any, any wine because the Lord is going to use him before and he, his purpose was defined before Josiah was born, before Josiah was born, a man of God was sent to go and prophesy to say, on this altar, there's a man who's going to be born by the name of Josiah, who shall sacrifice on this evil altar, the priest of this evil God. Before he was even born. Look, you are not here by mistake. This consistency, and I can show you more examples, this consistency of God always showing us that he knew people before they were born, before they were even formed in the mother's womb. This consistency of God's character as revealed in the word of God is also applicable to you individually. It means God knew you before you were born. Come on, say God knew me before I was born. Look, you are a stranger on this earth because you are here on assignment. 
You may not like to hear this, but it's true. And the moment you are awakened to purpose, you stop living anyhow. You start seeking what the will of God is. At the age of 12, when a man was awakened to purpose, he was able to say, I'm about my father's business. You who slightly above 12, slightly above 12, you want to tell us you are not doing anything for the Lord currently? I tell people, you see, when I was awakened to purpose, there's a way I lived my life. I tell people, I don't meet people by accident. If I'm meeting you, either I'm blessing you or you are blessing me. Either one of those. People don't just come into my life unless they are changing mine or I'm changing theirs. We are men on, a, on, a, on an assignment. Say, I'm a man on an assignment. I'm a man on an assignment. <laughs> Ladies, you can put woman. Say, I'm a person on an assignment. It is well with your soul. Yeah, start thinking like that. Stop just thinking about what you can get from people and from life. Start thinking about what you can give. Because if you are a man of purpose, then you have to know to dissipate, to execute your purpose. What are you doing? And when you realize that you are a man or a woman under purpose, like I said earlier, you just don't live life anyhow. You realize that the reason why God increases your grace is not so that you can be comfortable, but so that purpose can be achieved. Listen, many, few doesn't listen. Mm. The difference between having a job or working in your career and purpose is vast. Why? Because the assignment, tell me you are listening, the assignment for having a job or for having a career is so that purpose can be served. The reason why God wants to bless you in that your business is not just so that you can be comfortable and you can eat well. Those are just by the ways. The reason why God wants you to be successful at school is so that your assignment at school can be fulfilled. That's why I tell people, this is the truth. Argue it all you like, but you are a believer first before you are anything. When you are at school, the reason why God should keep you without failing is not just, it's just not so that you can make big money and get a job. It's so that the gospel can shine in your heart to others. It's so that many can come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus who wills that no man perish through you. Because if you are moved out, it means some people will not be saved. There's nothing I ever have that has never belongs to God. Me. Nothing. And that's your story too. Amen. Why do you really want to pass that interview? Why do you really need? Why, why, why are you so uneasy? But why are you praying day and night? Why do you want your business to grow? Why do you want all that money? Do you remember the issue with the rich fool? The issue with the rich fool was not that he had a lot of wealth. God doesn't have, in fact, the Bible says to one, he gives power to gather wealth. But the issue with God against the rich fool was because he wanted to eat it to himself. 
So it was just about himself. When God leads you, when God blesses you, how do the believers live? When God anoints you, and you can give words of knowledge, you can cast out your mutolen, check it, you are free. When God blesses you, When God increases your fame, you become famous now because you've released songs. You've started this big company. Are you there to shout at people? Are you there to show these people such a standard when they are calling you, you are going somewhere to minister? You can imagine. They didn't give us anything. The Bible says, freely you have received. Do not place charge on the gospel. Everybody here who is a minister, if people don't give you an honorarium, walk back. Everyone who's under this ministry, they've called you for a conference, they, they, they sting you an honorarium, walk back. Just, walk, just say thank you for the opportunity to minister. I don't take it lightly and walk away. Don't start saying, this ministry... You are called to be a blessing. You are, you are given to the world. Are you listening to me? That's why your grace must... Finally, let me tell you this story. There was a young lady called Esther. You will find this, script, this story in the book of Esther, chapter number three, chapter four, or the whole book, but my focus is there. You know, She's poor. Nobody knows her. Both her parents are dead. Then her older cousin takes her in. When her older cousin takes her in, Mordecai was his name. The, suddenly, the favor of the Lord was upon her. Listen, this is important. Everybody look at me. The favor of the Lord shines on her for no reason. Just suddenly, nobody ever had that favor. So nobody figures out the reason. It's on her. And everybody just likes her. When you come here and tell us, everybody just likes me, everybody just Why? Why is God giving you that favor? Somebody say purpose. purpose. The people who come here, the Lord has, the money I received. Afterwards, you see, no tithe, no partnership. You check the records. <laughs> the people who are believing God for an increase are the ones who are giving. You won't grow. You won't grow. Sometimes, Increase from God is not the end of the blessing, but a, a test thereof. It's just a test. Sometimes it's just a test. Sometimes increase is just a test. To see if when you have more, you will still be able to come and serve. If you are promoted, you will still be able to come and lift speakers or sing or attend Saturday rehearsal. Or feel bad if you don't attend. Where is your heart? Say, my heart is in the house of the Lord. My heart is in the house of the Lord. Suddenly, Esther went into the palace. Long story short, the king got her among many people. And then there was this wicked man called, called Haman who wanted to wipe out the Jews. Why? Because one of them, the older cousin, did not want to bow down to him after the king had appointed him ruler and second only to him. He said, I will not just kill him, I will kill his entire lineage. 
Now people who are wicked like that. I will not just fail. I will just not just. I will not just fail you. I will fail the whole class because of you. Imagine meeting such a lecture. You are you are you are telling me. Okay, buy all of you. So it's those lecturers who. Have you ever had those lecturers? You don't have to vundula. There's one lecturer I had. I won't mention the course, but one person, you know, it's a it's a low class. One person decides to challenge the lecturer. She got upset. She brought us a test with the intention to fail everyone. And she achieved her aim. <laughs> but I passed. So, here, here is Haman. Who, because one person is not bowing down. He says, okay, I'll deal with the whole village. That's witchcraft. How can you be that wicked? That's the heart of a witch. They are never satisfied until they put down the whole family tree. And they will not last. Oh, you just missed the prophetic word. So, you see? Suddenly when she goes there, she forgets that she came in as a slave. Esther. She forgets. And when, can you all focus? And when it is asked of her to help the Jews, out of this calamity, she says, mm, there's nothing I can do. But then I like something that Mordecai said. Mordecai said, if you start feeling yourself, <laughs> help will come from the Jew, for the Jews from elsewhere, but you and your whole house will perish. If you, if you fork, and then he says, who knows? You were actually born for a time such as this. Purpose. Why did God promote her? Why did God give her a job? Why did God raise her to the highest authority? It was not just for her to enjoy life. Purpose. So that when the time of calamity comes, for the Jews, she'll be able to stop it. Purpose. Why is God going to raise you? If God was to appear to you today and ask you, for what reason are you going for what reason do you want me to give you that money you want? For what reason do you want me to give you that marriage you want? If a marriage is relevant for everything else except the gospel, it's a wastage. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. It says two are better than one. Don't just focus on the one that says two can keep warm. The one says one can chase a thousand, but two, revelation, can put 10,000 to flight so that you can have a prayer partner. You and your best, some of you, are, I have left you on warmth. Can you follow me? <laughs> follow me, I've, I've gone on. Is that all you are looking for? You are called alone. Purpose. Have you become so familiar that you can't pray together? All you do is talk rubbish stories between yourselves. You talk, you talk, you talk, you talk, you talk. Afterwards, you even feel shy to pray together. When was the last time you discussed like, a scripture with Ben? 
Or let's get a little real. In fact, let me set you here. You see. It's <laughs> a topic singles enjoy. They are the man of God. <laughs> Purpose. Beyond all those things you are thinking about, what are you be going, going to be doing with the Lord? You've dreamed about everything, the number of children you are going to have, the names. But there's... Be, uh, oh, come on, I feel like I'm preaching the right stuff here. <laughs> Except how they will save the Lord. Except how you and your, your family will save the Lord. Some of you, I don't mean you should start having those conversations. I'm just saying. Because there are some souls I see receiving this word. They should just be looking. If you're on a bench, shout amen. I'm doing a great job. If you are in grade 12 and below, I release mass bands. Listen, you've received it even though you don't want. You are not permitted to be in a relationship in grade 12. That will be your testimony soon. That will be your testimony starting today. Somehow, you just can't be disqualified. Look, it's possible. Look at me. Even if you wrote the wrong answer, somehow, somehow you find you are above the past mark. You are too relevant. Even if you failed, somehow you find yourself in the system. Listen, even if you have not employed the best the best business strategies. Somehow, you can't explain it, but you just keep going higher. And when you notice it happened consistently for a year, you realize, wait, I can't be broke. It's not possible. I can't fail, even if I try. You see, that means you have been established in grace. Not in your own works. No, it's not because of my own works. I'm not saying I'm deep. And I'm a big investor. That's why I can't do There's something I discovered. I tapped into something that you are tapping into today. It's called grace. And when you constantly walk in purpose, grace ever begins to increase. Father, in the name of Jesus, I decree and declare, increase their understanding of different assignments you give them. For the fullness of their walking in purpose in their school, in their lives. In the name of Jesus. When you walk out today, because, just because of your understanding, listen, I'm speaking a very special blessing. When you walk out today, just because, just listen, listen, just because of your understanding of this message, just because you are here, grace has increased. When you walk out this week, something is going to, because of the message, before you even do anything in order to live in purpose, you are going to experience grace just for coming here. You needed to be here. I don't know whoever is saying that's my word. Begin praying in the spirit because it's going to start working. This week shall not just pass. Oh, glory.